ever closer to Christmas? Yes, we are. This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. If you've got a Bible and would care to follow along, I'm to do that. While you're turning there, let me give a couple announcements that I think are going to be important for you. One is the Christmas open house or the Christmas family night is taking place tonight at 5 o'clock. We're going to be uh, having some fun games, bring a finger food to share. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of things to be doing now, so we'll be good. Uh, walk across the room, our big study in January on uh, evangelism and just talking about your faith. Uh, it's going to start in January. And I'm going to be preaching through it, but all of our Bible study, uh, Sunday school classes are going to be going through it as well. And then not only that, but a few of our small groups are. Um, and if you're not in one of those Sunday school classes or you're not in one of those small groups that's going to go through the study, you, you're going to miss out on it. Um, it's for four weeks. It's when the time changes. Uh, a lot of new classes are starting. It would be a great opportunity for you to get connected and to try that out if, just for four weeks and see if, if the Sunday school things can work for you. And I suspect if you give it four weeks, it probably will uh, want you to fill out your connection cards. Uh, we've got several emails in our email database that have Time Warner or the Insight DB, not the Time Warner address. And if that's you, at some point, nobody knows when, not even from now, uh, you're going to lose that email and then you'll stop getting all the wonderful emails you've come to know and love and appreciate from Roman Green Christian Church. So please, if you don't want to log in and fill out what your email is, if you want to put it on your card and just say, hey, this is my email, we will, we will make a note of that and put that there into response so you can continue getting the information. All right, let's see. Oh, and this, if you want to know where all the classes are going to be and who's leading the class, this adult education menu is out there at the welcome center waiting for you. All right. I think that's all the announcements. We do have some special guests with us. Mike Ward, our missionary from Thailand, is here. He's going to be sharing with us a little bit later during the offering. His dad, Norman Ward, is here with us too, here in the back. And Norman was, was it the, the first preacher? Is that, is that right? The very first. Look at the history back there. Good to have you brothers with us this morning. All right, Matthew 2. Now, it was a couple years ago, but I was on a mission, in a quest. I had a small six-foot ladder, but I had reached that age that every man comes to where that's no longer enough, and I needed a bigger ladder. I, it, was, it was Christmas time, it was time to put lights up on the house, and I knew I needed a bigger ladder than six feet to get to the top where I was going to hang Christmas lights outside. And if I didn't hang Christmas lights outside, Christmas might not come. And so it was really important that this took place. And in order to put this up, I needed a ladder because I was not going to hang over the gable of the house and, and suspend lights. It was what would happen. So my wife said, why don't you look in the, the Black Friday ads and find yourself a ladder. And so I go to the Black Friday ads. It's not something I normally do, but I look and I see a gorilla ladder. A gorilla ladder. Okay, this is a ladder a gorilla could use, apparently. It, it goes 22 feet long. 22 feet long. And, and it also breaks down, so it can do a stepladder kind of thing and go up about 12. And I'm thinking, wow, this is what I need. 
And it's at Home Depot for $69. That's it. So Black Friday, since I'm not a Black Friday shopper, we get up on Saturday. We have breakfast. We have lunch. And then I say, hey, it's about time to go get me my ladder. I go to Home Depot, and they say, you know, it's a great deal. But it's gone. It's gone. What was the next closest home depot? Down in Riverview, Tennessee. Right. How do you want me to go down to Tennessee? Well, why are we going to Tennessee? Because I got to get me a lady. All right. Well, this is when we just had, had one job. It wasn't a big deal. All right. We're going to go down to Tennessee. Well, we'll have dinner down there. We're going to make the afternoon of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we drive down to Riverview and we find ourselves a home depot. And we go in there and we say, hey, listen, we're looking for the gorilla ladder. And they say, yeah, you and everybody else, partner. <laughs> You mean to tell me you don't have a grill at it? No, it's gone. Well, where's the next closest Home Depot? Well, it's down in Nashville. All right, let's go. So we give him the call. Now, a lesser man would have given up. A lesser man would have given up at this point in time and said, no, you know what? You've already spent $60 in gas. It's not worth it. You're saving nothing at this point, but it's a quest. It's a mission. I have to accomplish this. And so I go to Home Depot after Home Depot, and I find it in, like on the phone or a GPS number. We were using something, and all of a sudden, to the right of the Bradley Parkway, the right where Bradley comes in the 65, I see the Home Depot that was just opened up, grand opening. And I say, surely they will have a letter. <laughs> At this point, my wife's like, give it up, it's gone. I mean, it's gone. So I go in there and I say, hey, let's look for the gorilla ladder. They say, yeah, you didn't know this community. They look for it. There's a whole pallet sitting right over there of gorilla ladders. I mean, there's like a hundred gorilla ladders waiting for me. Waiting <laughs> for me. And so I picked one up and I went home and put a Christmas lights. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. But, but it was this quest. It was this mission. And the thing that kept me going was, was a determination, this passion for a good deal and a great ladder. By the way, I still have that ladder if you're, if you're interested. It's interesting, when you get on these quests, sometimes we get on these things. It's like, I'm going to finish this, even if it kills me and everybody else around me. It's going to get done. That, this determination. I don't know anything about mountain climbing, mostly because I don't like being that high up off the ground um, on cliffs or anything like that. But, but I can tell you, the most important thing about mountain climbing is the same thing as finding gorilla ladders. It's, it's a determination. It's, it's a passion that says, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Well, let's say you go out and you go to, to, to wherever, you get outfitted, you get yourself a backpack and some climbing gear and rope, and, and you dump the money in it, and you go out, you're going to climb yourself a, a mountain. If, if it, if, if, at some point, I think it's difficult. And you say, you know what, I, I don't really want to do this. You're going to quit. You, you're going to give up. You're going to say, you know, I don't really want to do this. I'm going to go home. There's something about that determination, that passion, that keeps us going and helps us to find the things that we're looking for in life. Uh, in our text this morning, Matthew, we've got people looking for something a little more important than gorilla ladders or, or mountains, for instance. We've got the uh, They're looking for Christ. I want to read the text in its entirety. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born of the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. Bethlehem of Judea, they replied. 
for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me, so that I too may go and worship. After they heard the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child that was going to marry. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by Right here we've got some seekers. They're seeking something a little bit more than a ladder or something. But let's try to put ourselves in that position as best we could. Let's imagine, for instance, that you want to find out. Maybe it's not been an ambition, but right now, let's just together, let's just together think about what it would mean to find that place. Now, I don't know anybody in this church that's a mountain climber. Uh, maybe one of you is a secret mountain climber, and you do it a lot, but I don't know who it is. And let's assume you don't have any information about climbing mountains, but you just wake up one morning and you say, you know what, it, it, it's what I need to do. I need to climb a mountain. So you say, you know what, I need to get some skills and some experience. And so you join the Western Kentucky Mountain Climbing Club, and you climb really big hills here in, in Kentucky and you start to do some climbs and you pay your dues and you get the magazine Mountaineering America or whatever it is and you go out to eastern Kentucky and you climb some of those foothills out there and you start to climb and, and it gets a little more technical and you acquire some more skill and some more gear and some more experience and so then you start climbing bigger peaks and you even take on Mount McKinley and you start taking climbs where it requires oxygen and all of these are really technical climbs. But at some point, you're going to say, you know what, while these have been entertaining and good, it's not my goal. My goal is to climb Mount Everest. And so you save up your money, and you fly over to Nepal, and you get out, and you get your gear, and you're ready, and you figure, you know what you need is you're going to need a guide. Somebody that's at least done this before or has some information about it, because you've not. And so you go around the base of Mount Everest, and, and there's a guy there that's got a little mountain you know, guide stand set up. And you go to him and you say, hey, listen, you know, tell me a little bit about climbing Mount Everest. And, and this guy knows everything. Okay? I mean, everything. He can draw by hand on a map uh, Mount Everest, all of the, the paths of ascent, every party that's ever been successful has taken. He can put a big red X every place somebody has died or been hurt there on the mountain. So don't go this way. He, he knows everything about the gear, the equipment, the time of year. He's got the forecast for the next 10 days memorized. He knows all this stuff. And so you start to say, wow, this is the kind of guy that knows the mountain at the back of his hand. Why don't you come with me to the top of Mount Everest? And the guy says, oh, no, 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 I've given you all I can. As a matter of fact, I've actually never been higher in this base camp right here. I've never been beyond it. I, I wish you luck. At, at the end of the day, this so-called expert is a spectator. He's a watcher. He's a guy that's got all the stats from college football memorized, but never played. This is he's, he's a spectator. I think this spectator, this expert, has a lot in common with these chief priests we see here in the text. They could draw means for you on how to get to God. They knew 
when they came and said, where's, the, where's this Messiah supposed to be born? Oh, well, well everybody knows that. So he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Well, this is what the prophets and the prophets said this, and they had it memorized, and they gave it straight out. But as soon as the Magi said, he has been born, they said, well, that's all the information we've got. Have a good trip. They don't know. They stay right there. They're spectators. And spectators do one thing. They watch. Spectators watch. It's astounding me as I read this text. But these men don't jump up and leave their books and scrolls to go find the Magi. It's like getting one of those maps from the, the National Park, going to the Grand Canyon and following it, getting to the Grand Canyon, coming up there to the edge, being like, yes, the Grand Canyon is right here. Do you see it, kids? It's right, it's right over here, right here. The whole time, you don't look down. These men, it's their Messiah. The Magi are from a, a pagan nation. They're Gentiles. It's not even their king. And they are more excited to find Christ than the chief priests were. The Magi were, were men that studied and learned and knew ancient secrets and told them to their king. The Magi were the same thing as the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They come to Herod. Who's sitting around Herod? Chief priests, teachers of the law, people that studied ancient secrets so that they could tell them to the king. Who's more interested? The wise men of Jerusalem don't care to do anything but watch. That's one of the groups these magi bump into. They bump into somebody else also. They bump into King Herod. Herod reminds me of somebody else you might bump into if you're going to climb that everyone. He's probably not at the base camp. He's probably more at home. Somebody that you bump into that says, yeah, why are you going to go climb that What are you going to go spend all that money for? You don't even like heights. Why are you doing all this? What's this thing with mountain climbing? Is this like a midlife crisis you're having? Why don't you just sit down on the couch and we'll watch like Discovery, you know, together. We'll watch somebody else climb out of us. Wouldn't that be satisfying? It's the cynic. It's the cynic that says to you, you know, you don't really need to do that. You don't have anything you need to prove. And you're probably going to die maimed and mutilated up on the mountain anyway. Why are you going to go there? Don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to your family. Don't go there. It's a cynic. And a cynic really wants nothing more than for you to say. That's sort of the definition of a cynic, I think. They don't want to see you succeed. They want to attack. That's what Herod does. Herod's a cynic. He doesn't believe all this about Christ. He came to save the world. He didn't believe it. He'd have gone to the land of worship. He perceives Christ as a threat. He's going to take my power. He's going to take my privilege. But Herod is stuck. He says, why don't you wait? And come back and tell me, and then I'm going to come and worship. He doesn't verbally attack, but he saves a savagery for a more opportune time. Herod is a cynic, and cynics attack. They attack. But in contrast to these two types of people, the spectators and the cynics, we've got one more, and that is the seekers, the magi. And seekers find. Seekers find. Spectators watch, cynics attack, but seekers find. The Magi came seeking for Christ armed with little knowledge. Now, if you're like me, the first question you have when you come to this text is, how did the Magi know what they knew? And then what did the Magi really know? What did the Magi really know? These are not Jewish prophets. These are not Jewish wise men. They're, they're people that are looking at the stars. Today we sort of call this type of thing like astrology. What are they doing? 
we don't know how they knew what they knew. We've got a few guesses, one I think is really likely. The word magi is used most specifically of Persian wise men. Does that ring a bell? If that's the case, then these wise men are actually occupying the same office that a famous Jewish man occupied 600 years before. His name was Daniel. Daniel had been a magi in uh, the Persian kingdom. And for 600 years, it seems likely that these wise men, these magi, had passed down from generation to generation, father to son, father to son, senior magi to junior magi, senior magi to junior magi, all, all the way down for 600 years, they had passed the truth that Daniel had given to them, which had been imparted to him by God. If this was the case, it means that for 600 years they had been looking. For 600 years they had been watching and waiting for the king of Jews and all of humanity to be signaled by a star. When it did, they went. Which is more than can be said for any of the Jewish ones, men. Now the 600 year quest is on their home stretch. They come to Jerusalem, to the city of the Jewish king, and they ask Herod, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? I don't think they know this, but they really stepped in it there. Herod had not been born the king of the Jews. This is an insult to Herod. Herod had a lot of great political connections in Rome, but what he didn't have was any connections inside of Judah. So he marries a family, the Maccabean family, that we call them the Hasmonean dynasty. These were a group of Jewish revolutionaries who had conquered and defeated and fought for Jewish independence during that time between the Old and the New Testament. And Herod found a, a woman from that, that group of, of people that, she, that he could marry. And so he marries into this political powerhouse of a family. And it's through that that he cements his leadership over Jerusalem and Judah. Herod is a, a usurper at best and a squatter at worst. And when the Magi come and say, who is this that has been born the king of the Jews? Herod was afraid. And because he was afraid, he missed it. The dusty pagan wise men didn't miss it. And, and if you think about it, it's not because they had no knowledge. Because really they knew less than the wise men of Jerusalem did. The dusty pagan wise men didn't miss it, and it wasn't because they had more connections. No, Herod was probably the most connected, but had no insiders too. But they had more determination. They had more passion. They set out to find, and they were not going to return empty-handed. And it lets us know. Matthew sets this up. He says, you know, Christ is found by those that seek God with all their hearts. And we too can find Christ if we become seekers. How do we become seekers? We become seekers through surrender. I, I want us to just think about the wise men for a second. We make a lot, when I say the wise men, you think, oh yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They go to the stable and they put the gold, frankincense, and myrrh down. That's what every kid wants, is the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they, they worship this child and then they go back home. And, and I don't know where we think, but you know, this gold, frankincense, and myrrh wasn't found at like the quickie mart there in Bethlehem. Oh gosh, we came all the way over here from Persia and we forgot something. Let's just go over to this convenience store so you think that's something. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that's all we find this morning. But these are gifts that the wise men had packed. They had packed before. The month-long journey across the desert, the wise men had packed those things. And the, the, the sacrifice was, was part of the journey, but it wasn't even just that. It was in Persia that they packed those gifts. It was in Persia they said goodbye to their families. And, and 
and this is before Starbucks. I don't know when I'm going to see you again. I don't know when we're going to talk again. It's there that they surrender their agenda. They had important jobs in the kingdom. But listen, we've got to go and find this man who's been born the king of the Jews. All of this was to go on a quest to find something of far greater value than anything they could carry or pack. The sacrifice and the surrender of the Magi took place over 600 years while they were squinting up in the night sky looking for some sign that would show them the birth of ultimate truth. These are men who had surrendered their lives to seek. These Magi were likely officials, important people. They could have sent an emissary to pay homage, but they went themselves. Because it was the most important thing they could do. They had meetings and appointments to keep, but they weren't as important as this meeting. Matthew, I think, in so many ways, is setting up what he's going to put in the mouth of Christ a little bit later. Matthew 6.23, when he records the words of Jesus, the teachings of Christ, when Christ says, seek first the kingdom. Seeking first with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, this is the key. Jesus will go on and say, everything else will get added to you if you seek first the kingdom. You can tell what you are, don't you? If you just like to watch, you're a spectator. You might be distracted by your own agenda and you keep attention only so long as it's interesting. Perhaps you're defensive. And you perceive Christ and those that would seek him as threats. But this morning, if you surrendered yourself, because seekers surrender all that they are and all that they have from all that they are. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you have taught us that if we seek, we will find them. This morning, Lord, we have come seeking you. We've come seeking something from your word, something from your spirit, something from this table, something from the fellowship we have with each other. And Lord, that's something we've been seeking this morning as you know. This morning I pray, Lord, that you reveal yourself to us in new ways. And Lord, as, as the Magi found Christ, that we too will find you. And we would share you with all those that we know. It's in your son's name. Amen. This morning, if you've come seeking Christ, and perhaps you've never found him or accepted him, we'll give you a chance to do that this morning by responding to Christ, surrendering your life to that uh, Others of you, perhaps, you've got other commitments you need to make to God. I don't know what the Spirit's put on your heart, but this morning, the Spirit's doing something in you, and you need to share it with the congregation or you.